Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is a sermon for June 23rd, 2019, the second Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled, The Evil One, Satan is Real, and is based on Luke, chapter 8, verses 23 through 39. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. Peace and God's peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text of the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the evil one is always at work to undo what you have done. Give us strength, blessing, and protection as we stand for you. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Came across a story. is a story about a, a little Christian lady, <clears throat> and every morning she would walk out under her front porch and she'd pray and she'd shout, "Praise the Lord!" <laughs> every morning the atheist next door would yell back, "There is no God." <laughs> so back and forth they would go. Every morning she would pr- go out and praise the Lord, and every morning he'd respond saying, "There is no God." As time goes by, this uh, little lady ran into some financial difficulties and, and really even had some trouble buying her own food. And so one morning she goes out onto the porch and she prays uh, very loudly asking God for help with her, with, with her situation and help with groceries. And, and then she shouts, praise the Lord. And so then the next morning she goes out onto the front porch. There are the groceries that she asked for. Of course, she's so happy and she shouts for joy. She says, Praise the Lord! And at once from, her bushes, from around the bushes, the atheist jumps out and says, Ha! I got you. I bought those groceries myself. See, there is no God. At that, the lady looks at him. She smiles. She looks up to heaven and she shouts, Praise the Lord! Not only did you provide for me, Lord, you even made Satan pay for the groceries. <laughs> In a recent poll, uh, the surveyed 1,000 U.S. adults, it was about these statistics about what Americans believed about the devil. 57% believed in the existence of the devil, why 28% denied his existence. A different survey showed 40% of millennials said that Satan's not a real being, just a symbol of evil. Uh, 51% of respondents believe that someone could be possessed by uh, the devil, by an evil spirit. Uh, 28% disagreed. 46% believed in the power of exorcism, and about 90% don't, and 35 weren't sure, right? Well, how do you picture Satan? When you think of the devil, do you, you think of him with, uh, with horns, right? Uh, a red, a goatee beard, a devilish grin, a pointy tail, and, and a pitchfork? If so, I think that the devil would be quite happy to be portrayed like that. Because he'd be easy to pick out, wouldn't he? From the crowd, so easy to avoid. Because if he looked like that, there'd be no chance at all of the devil sneaking up on us and catching us unprepared because we'd see him coming a mile away. But that isn't how Scripture portrays Satan. Someone once wrote, if I were an artist illustrating the story of Jesus being tempted by the devil, I would draw Satan as a very pleasant-looking person, so nice that it would be difficult to tell which was Satan, 
and which was Jesus in the picture. The person saying the devil comes in disguise. And when he tempts, he does so in such a way that you don't even know you're being tempted. Okay, so, so all this talk of Satan and the devil and, and demons, it's all hypothetical, right? I mean, we're living in the 21st century. Uh, all this talk about devils and demons uh, was okay for people maybe way back in Jesus' time, but, but for people, maybe for people in the 15th and 16th centuries, way back then too. But come on, I mean, we've come a long way since that time, right? I mean, it's true, we can joke about the devil, but we, but we just don't take him seriously. Besides, uh, what was once called demon possession in Jesus' time, sometimes can be explained by modern medicine. Uh, we know epilepsy was seen as a form of demon possession, as well as many other sicknesses. And I mean, that was back then, and, and we don't believe that anymore, do we? Probably the most famous depiction of demon possession is the movie The Exorcist. Who watched that? Okay. Who lost sleep after that? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard it was based on actual case. Uh, and, and an amazing part is the amount of effort required to beat the devil. William Friedkin directed the movie in 1973. In an issue of Vanity Fair in 2016, he admitted that he had never actually witnessed or would never witness an actual exorcism. And so you know, he considered himself an agnostic, not really sure whether there is a God or not, but he traveled to Italy to watch an, a real exorcism. And when he returned, he showed the video of that to two of the world's leading neurosurgeons and researchers in California and a group of prominent psychiatrists in New York. He was surprised by the the, the article had a lot more in it, but he was surprised by the neurosurgeon's response. He said, they wouldn't come out and say, of course this woman is possessed by Satan, but they seem baffled as to how to define her ailment. I went to these doctors to try to get a rational scientific explanation for what I had experienced. I thought they'd say, well, this is some sort of psychosomatic disorder, nothing to do with possession, but that's not what I came away with. Forty-five years after I directed The Exorcist, there's more acceptance of the possibility of possession than there was when I made the film. Satan is powerful. Satan is a shrewd enemy. He's not some cute cartoon figure. He is real and he is dangerous. The Bible urges you and me to take Satan seriously. Jesus takes Satan seriously. In fact, Jesus sees his whole ministry as a conflict with Satan, right? Teaching about the power, he teaches about the power of Satan. He saw his death as a that supreme battle over the evil one. Uh, Jesus isn't just a, like a child of his age repeating what he learned from others. He boldly, uh, he speaks boldly and personally about the power of Satan and continually warns others about that power. So if Jesus takes him seriously, then I think we should also. And the gospel reading today tells us of one of those occasions when Jesus confronted Satan. Scary situation. Jesus and his disciples had just sailed across the Sea of Galilee. They had come ashore when suddenly a demon-possessed man, wearing no clothes, came rushing toward them, screaming and yelling. We read that he was living like an animal in the nearby burial caves in the cemetery. We're told that demons had taken over his life. He became uncontrollable and dangerous. 
The townspeople had had tackled the man and chained him hand and foot, but this man had superhuman strength and and snapped the chains. He cried out with loud, often in human voices, cutting himself with stones as he gave out wild screams. Now, it appears that this man and the townspeople had come to some sort of agreement. He would live outside the town in the burial caves where he would, when he was tormented by demons and when he became wild and uncontrollable, he wouldn't harm anyone else. And so everyone knew this place where Jesus landed was by common consent, no man's land. And so as this wild man rushed down from the tombs, sat downhill from the tombs, eyes crazed, naked, screaming at the top of his lungs, it, it must have been a frightful sight for the disciples. I mean, I'm sure they considered either jumping back into the boat or trying to jump onto the man as a group, hoping their combined strength would subdue him. But it's interesting, as we read the lesson today, the demons recognized Jesus right away. Not only that, they were afraid. They knew Jesus had the power to send them back to where they had come from. Jesus demonstrates his power by simply asking, what is your name? They were compelled to respond, legion, for we are many. The demons were in control of the man, but Jesus is in control of them. He commands them to come out of the man and enter a nearby herd of pigs. And when the townspeople come to see what's going on, they're shocked at what they saw because they see this once demon-possessed man sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. There's a lot that can be said about this Bible account. But there's one clear message. Even though Satan is powerful, the power of Jesus is even stronger. In fact, Luke places this event in the midst of other demonstrations of Jesus' power. I mean, there's, there's power over nature. Immediately before this, we find Jesus commanding the wind and the waves to be quiet, right? They're in the middle of a storm. Jesus need only speak the word, and a great calm fell over the water. He is more powerful than the destructive forces of nature. There's power over an illness, because right after this exorcism, Jesus tells, uh, Luke tells us uh, Jesus has the power to heal. He restores health to a woman who had been ill for 12 years. Examined by all kinds of doctors, they were unable to heal her, but Jesus did. All the woman had to do was touch his, his robe. He did what had been humanly impossible. He had the power to control disease and bacteria and bleeding and, and in leprosy and cancer. He had the power to cure the incurable. There's power over death. Uh, Jesus uh, has the power to raise the dead. He goes to the home of a 12-year-old girl who had died. No one, no one could do anything for her now except to mourn the passing of a young life. They had been powerless in the face of death that could not stop death from taking this girl's life. They even laughed at Jesus when Jesus said she was merely sleeping. Dead was dead as far as they're concerned. They underestimated the power of Jesus, and he took the child by the hand, and to everyone's amazement, he brought her back to life. He could even command the dead to rise, more powerful than death itself. And then also, power over Satan, as we just saw. I'm glad Jesus has all power and all authority when it comes to Satan. I'm especially glad because Satan is more powerful than we are by our own power, right? 
You know, so power over all these things, as I said, nature and illness and death and Satan is the power of God shown in Jesus Christ that pointed the people of his day and points us to something greater. Something far greater than our struggles in this life. Pointing us to heaven. Point us to eternity where the power of God conquers all those things and more. But as we live in this world, Satan is still present. He's still powerful. Satan blinds us. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. See, that's the struggle we face today. We may hear the same message over and over again from Scripture, but Satan blinds us to what God is trying to say to us. We close our ears, we interpret what is said in our own way, and we refuse to apply what God is saying to our lives. Satan blinds us. Satan also wants power. Satan wants to control us, wanting to possess us. Satan wants to tempt us to do what is against God's plan for our lives. Satan wants to lead us astray by telling us that wrong is right, that good is evil, that that the truth is a lie, that, that God does not love us. Satan wants to influence us. Satan wants to hinder us from doing what we know God wants us to do. Satan loves bitterness. He loves hatred and violence. He loves arguments. He loves dividing people. And especially he loves dividing families and dividing the church. Satan can enter the hearts of people and cause so much harm, whether it's drunkenness or drug abuse or greed or road rage or vulgar language, racial prejudice, abusiveness, despair, sexual promiscuity, you name it. The power of Satan is nothing to mess around with. Seances, Ouija boards, witchcraft, occult, they're dangerous things. Using these as an invitation for Satan to come in. Having said all this, you might be wondering whether we have any kind of chance against such an enemy. We all know how easy it is for us to give in to temptation, right? We think everything's going okay, then bam, we suddenly realize Satan's been leading us along all the way. Sometimes we aren't even aware that he's having such an influence over our lives until after the fact. So how can we stand up against something, someone so powerful? Well, the answer is simple. We can't. Not by ourselves. Not by our own power. I mean, that's not to say we shouldn't try to resist Satan and his temptations and not give in to his attempts to lead us astray. James tells us, James 4, So then submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But we need a power that is far greater than any power that we have in ourselves. We need the power of Jesus on our side if we are going to resist the devil. Satan wants to draw us away from God's kingdom into his own dark realm because he daily tempts us, daily distorts our reality, daily he tries to draw us away from God, and daily he tries to get us to doubt God and his love for us. Daily he leads us, and daily we willingly walk right into the sin that God warns us about. Satan is powerful. But Jesus has broken Satan's power. Remember I said before, the whole life of Jesus is an attack against the uh, domination of Satan. And the climax of that battle occurs at the cross in the empty tomb. 
On the cross, Jesus breaks the stranglehold that Satan can have over us. On the cross, Jesus has won forgiveness for all the times that uh, we give in to Satan. On the cross, Jesus has redeemed us, meaning He has bought us back. Bought us from sin and Satan and death by the price of His own blood. On the cross, Jesus has claimed us as His own and made us His own dear children. In fact, we just saw an exorcism this morning, didn't we? On the cross, Jesus has made us new. He's given us a fresh start, given us His Holy Spirit to resist Satan's power. So when Satan tempts us and when we give in, we certainly deserve God's punishment for our sin. But the good news is that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, being washed in the waters of baptism, we belong to God. We are free and forgiven, and in Him, we have that strength to turn away from Satan, to turn away from temptations. By the power of God's Spirit at work in our lives, we can truly live for Him. As a new child of God, we're called to follow in Jesus' footsteps and likewise resist the devil. Paul tells us in Ephesians, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. This might sound familiar. This is our theme from a few years ago. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. It's worth taking some time today reading Ephesians six ten through 17 today. You know, at the end of our gospel reading uh, this morning, we heard, so the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Just like Jesus commissioned the once demon-possessed man to go back home and tell what God has done for you, he has also commanded you and me to go and share. To go and share the good news of our freedom from Satan's power to anyone that will listen. Satan, yeah, he is real and he is powerful. We need to be wary and cautious as we live our lives, but his power only goes so far. So let's hold on to the one who has all power all authority, all might, over all things on earth and in heaven and throughout eternity. In Jesus, God brings all that power and freedom to you. This is most certainly true. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.